Yo, yo, welcome everyone to Weird Growth, the podcast where we hear about the strange and often unpredictable journeys that founders take. Today, we have Kai Lovell, young man of many things, but <laughs> notably now, Zipline. Yeah. Zipline streamlines key workplace processes like visitor and contract compliance, uh, a lot, you know, primarily in healthcare situations, um, and gathers in the moment feedback to improve the customer's experience. Welcome, Kai, and thank you for joining us on Weird Growth. It's a pleasure, Cam. Really um, nice to be back in the studio. <laughs> it is. This is our first episode for 2022. Great. And we thought we would have you back for as our first guest for the year because we've had a pretty wild past year together, I suppose. We've been through yeah. a lot. Yep. Um, and there's some really interesting things that we have to talk about around building new products, finding first customers. Yep. Um, but before we get into that, please introduce yourself. How, how do you introduce yourself? New right. people. It's um it's a it's a challenge, isn't it? <laughs> um so yes, I guess my my sort of one minute version um is you know, I'm seventeen. Um I dropped out of school at the end of year eleven to work in startups um and work in and around that sort of ecosystem. Um I've always loved business, I've always loved um tech. Um and yeah, really, you know, spent the last year working in couple of different startups, yep. worked at Ammo for most of last year. You did? Um, absolutely loved it um, and had some great exposure to a bunch of different um, products. And, and yeah, now working at Zipline, um, sort of managing a whole bunch of different things like a US launch and um, working with the team there. So yeah, just, you know, really early on in the journey, but um, driven by building great products and um, and bloody love using them as well. Yeah, that's really, it's really exciting, man. And yeah, what you've achieved in your career so far already is, is really impressive Thanks, um, and yeah, really proud of you. And this is the first time I've had someone who's who's worked at Ammo An on the podcast. So we don't <laughs> talk about Ammo a whole lot on Weird Growth. Yeah. But how do you describe what what we do here at Ammo and, you know, what it's all about? Yeah, so I think um, Ammo fits into, you know, a, a really nice gap in in this sort of space in Perth, in you know, in the global ecosystem of startups and um, you know, product based companies where you're not looking for um a sort of, you know, plug and play agency. Um, you know, you're looking for someone that really understands the challenges of being a founder. Yeah. Um and I think, you know, yourself being a founder, um, a lot of the team working on their own, you know, projects and in the past launching things like that's a really a big part of how we think already so i think it's yeah just you know ammo becomes a bit of a trusted partner yeah um, absolutely and and can really relate to what you're or the journey you're on yeah the the hard thing that founders experience when they're starting a new business is just that uncertainty of you know you know there is just so many variables and deciding what is the best course of action and having someone walking alongside you um marketing and growth point of view giving you that confidence uh, is, is a really powerful thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I love about what we do at Ammo anyway. So anyway, it wasn't intended as a plug. It's just we don't often do – we don't often talk about Ammo and it's the re- you know, it's, yeah, it's um, good the to reason get that weird growth exists. So, yeah, um, thank you, mate. I do have a pop quiz for you. Great. Hit me. If you were to start from scratch a new business today, right now, what would it be? It's interesting because I think there's – you know, and this is going to go against exactly what I said in my intro, but yep. – um, I think I'd probably want to play with a bit of a. I, I like the term "sweaty startup." Yeah, um, sweaty startup. So there's a guy a guy on Twitter called Nick Huber who sort of had a blog and, and all that sort of stuff where he sort of talks about um, there being nothing wrong with like a, a quote unquote boring, unattractive yep. sort of day to day business that doesn't involve like deep learning or like massive like consumer growth. So is, is the self storage guy. Yes. And tomatoes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. So he has a bunch of self storage facilities yep. and it's like, whatever it is, it's like, you know, cutting lawn, yeah. you know, like you look like a gym's mowing, right? Like if you can actually go in and go into a market doing boring things, uh-huh. but that, you know, it, it, toilets break, they keep, they're going to keep breaking. Right? right. So there's, there's never going to be no, a, a lack of need. Yep. You come in, you just do it really well. Um, you know, with great systems, great people, mm. that would and maybe still be down the track. Something that I play with is just being able to have a, a boring business, yep. but just 
done it's meat really and potatoes well. yeah. provide a service that people yeah. are always going to be willing to pay for. Yep. Cutting hair, whatever it might be. Exactly. And yeah. I think for startups, like there is, um, you know, fuel that you have to always be seeking investment, always be, you know, on the, on the cutting edge of latest technology. Mm. Um, and that's what makes the startup world so exciting. Right. But I think as well, there is, there is room and space and, um, and need for businesses that, that aren't, as exciting but still get the job done yeah but you know i think the exciting thing about tech startups is this infinite scalability of software you know you don't need to invest or in in more widgets or more staff or more plant in order to scale yes uh, a software business you yes just copy and copy the code yes. over and over again totally uh and so i think that's the that's the attract it's, it's globally scalable potentially from day one yeah um and the meat the potatoes yes you can cr- create a great business model but whether or not you're incrementally more profitable with every new unit you sell, different kettle of fish. But, yeah, Absolutely. really interesting. Yeah, Great answer, mate. <laughs> um, so today we're doing a little, something a little bit different on Weird Growth. Um, last year, while you we were at Ammo, we launched our own internal product yeah. um, inside Ammo uh, called MyFunnel. So what I'd really like to talk through in this episode is how we went about even identifying MyFunnel as a opportunity why we built it how we created something which was really a minimum viable product and then how we launched it onto product hunt and got nearly a thousand people to use it yeah so i think it's like a a really interesting useful case study for a lot of people yep um and then the skills that we kind of utilized in the team and from yourself to to do that um yeah so i think that'd be a really cool chat so just a little bit of context my final um as of today has had 783 submissions and um, and it was upvoted 352 times on Product Hunt. It was number six for the day. Ah, on the same got, day. Just got out the top five. That's right. <laughs> on the same day that Canva released their new video editing uh, feature on yep. Product Hunt. So it was a pretty competitive uh, day. And, yes. you know, it's pretty awesome still to be in the top ten. Yeah, and it's funny. I, I, I sort of think about that. And I sort of and it was funny because... Um, and we'll get to that, but um, the, the video that we, we made for Product Hunt and that launch, I used the Canva video editor to make that video. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was like, that's, that's just perfect. Yeah. But, you know, also I'm sure Canva put a bunch of push behind getting people onto Product Hunt too. So no True. doubt there may have just been more people on the site that day as yep. well and, and just looking at other um, products as well. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we better tell people what the problem well, exactly. is that we're solving yes. with my funnel. So what was the problem? Why did we create it? So we were we were having some conversations um, in the office. Um, you know, I, I think actually it sort of came out with, you know, our, our growth workshops. And I think looking at, okay, at, at the end of the day, um, people want to be able to have a funnel and, and just, just some ideas of for their particular business, or like what type of channels actually work. Yep. Um, you know, is... From a marketing point of view. From a marketing point of view, exactly. So... Um, you know, there's there's a great book um, called Traction. You know, the 19 channels that you can sort of use. Yep, Gabriel um, Weinberg. Yeah, there's, of yeah, there's a bunch of stuff in there, um, and you know, there's there's a thousand more these days. And um, for a founder, that can be pretty overwhelming. And yeah, um, yeah not not everyone is going to have access to um, the idea yet, or or the budget for that idea to to come to Ammo. Yep. and and sit down and for a workshop or engage us. So exactly, I think for us, we th- we thought that there'd be an op- opportunity here to um, you know put some of the data that we know is is already there around what channels work. Um, our sort of our gut feel, our our sort of uh, experience mm-hmm. doing this sort of stuff. Yep. Um, and just put those experiment results that we've been running with our clients and. And I offer that up to people um, to give them just a starting point to, to see what to try. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's that after doing this for seven, eight years, you start to see a lot of patterns um, and things that work, things that don't. And, you know, I've probably had hundreds of conversations with early stage founders and you start to see, okay, well, you've got a product which is a physical, you know, e-commerce type product. It's worth under $100.00. Your customers are, um, you know, young guys who are into motocross. How do you target them? And so there's, there's probably not on LinkedIn. <laughs> probably not on LinkedIn. Probably not on, you know, um, on Quora. But yeah. you know, there's some obvious channels that do work for that sort of thing. Yeah. 
and so codifying that knowledge into something where we can, you know, really help a whole lot of people really quickly rather than me sitting down having one-on-one conversations with... Getting to the bottom of it. Yeah, and slugging yeah. it and then going, well, actually, you're not really ready to work with us here at Ammo yet, but here's a tool yeah. which can, you can plug in the details around your product, your customers, and then we can give you some really clean advice about how to get started with your marketing. Yeah, and I think you you had spent some time on this um, even before we'd necessarily talked about productizing that, that, mm. that opportunity and, um, and, and to put together like a very, very early version of like, you know, if, if you are and uh, you know, an app, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's going to be certain channels that are going to work. Um, so I think it'd be interesting to hear as well from your perspective, like when you were doing that sort of little spreadsheet early on with those channels, like where did that come from and you know, how that sort of then became this? Yeah. Well, I think it was, it became that pattern recognition where mm. you could sort of see the obvious um, tactics for various things. So for business to business, um, you know, sales where, you know, the high value and high involvement, you know, it'd be great to use LinkedIn, but then drive like, um, you know, an ebook download or something like that where you can start communicating with people over time. Yep. And then maybe you would have a sort of sales follow-up process uh, maybe some remarketing to build some brand recognition and then through to the actual deal. Yep. And so like a much more drawn out kind of process for a B2B deal versus like a low value e-commerce thing. And so like, you know, that advice seems kind of obvious to us, but for a lot of people when they first start building their web, uh, building a new business, it's like, geez, where should I start? You know, totally. and and just giving them a really basic questionnaire. I, well, what I, my thinking was, these are the same questions I ask every time. Yeah. And it's the same answer right. that I give every time. So why don't I automate it? Yeah, okay. So how – and then sorry, I was trying to think through how I could actually do that. Yep. Um, and the starting point for me was, okay, well, let's write up a Excel spreadsheet with all those common questions. And then depending on the answers, here's the common answers. Yep. Um, yeah, so – And maybe just like as much for an internal client yeah, already. Us, right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, and so then I think um, – the result, yeah, was this almost matrix of just numbers in an Excel spreadsheet over multiple tabs, and we used the Pirate Metrics framework. Yep. So we'd, talk, we'd sort of say at the top of the funnel, at awareness, you know, these are the different channels, and then all the way through to activation, retention, and revenue, and referral. So, um, yeah, it was basically just building in that kind of corporate knowledge, I guess, yep. into a model. And that was, that was where it got to. Didn't really know how, what else what else could be done. Yeah, um, that was the very first stage of, of my funnel. Um, and then you know you came along and we started you know looking for new projects that we could build internally as little products out of ammo. Yeah, um, yeah. So I guess we could probably talk about how we took that sort of genesis and then started building it into a product. Yeah, I, th- I think that's um that's sort of the next next stage of the journey where yeah. we sort of looked like what we already had and and what gaps you needed to fill first in that data. Mm. Um. And then sort of started to think about, you know, really where the value proposition lies, you know, really started to think about, okay, like if we are going to build this out, um, you know, what questions do we need to ask yep. to really get to the bottom of someone's business? Because this is, this is the tricky thing because you could ask, you know, literally a hundred questions mm. and you could have so much data processing um, that you'd need a designated AWS server to do it. And, and you could right. then give someone like, a really beautifully specific version of their business, you know, to the nth degree, right? Um, and you can also then ask like three questions and give some some broad broad advice. Yeah, which would be less useful. So where do you find the balance? Exactly. And I think that was that next stage. So then we sort of started to look at, okay, how do we get data, like answers to those sort of questions into your spreadsheet, right? Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, let's let's do a type form. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll put some put some questions in there. Um, and then I think we just we just sort of sent that out to some people and mm. and, and type forms for those who don't know is a really nice easy sort of form system which yep. rather than giving you just a bunch of fields on a page steps you through the questions and it looks quite pretty yeah and it feels it feels like a sort of the nar- the narrative around those questions is mm. there for people mm-hmm. um, so we sent that out you know we got some got some good responses and then I would sort of. Who did we send it out to? Like, who were the first customers that we approached to them? Um, some, some of our, I think, customers. Like, mm-hmm. I think we, we also sent it out to just some of the community, like some of the people that we, you know, regularly have in the office for conversations and yeah, in the startup space. So yeah, basically what we call friendlies. Yeah. Correct, the friendlies. So, so we, we then I, I remember I just put some of that data 
um, and I just plugged it basically into that spreadsheet. Did it manually? Yeah, and I just made yeah. a couple of copies and just did it for each person. Yeah. Um, and then it was like, ah, uh, that's totally not what that business should be doing. Yeah. We need to go back and change that 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 sort of reference point in that matrix. Yep. Um, so we're able to fine tune the model over by just getting some real world examples. Over yeah, time. yeah, and then like getting the feedback as well, like oh, the wording of that question around whether you're a B two B company, business to business, or business to consumer. Yeah, like that wasn't very clear. So yep. like going and then refining that wording as well. Yep. Um, and I think all of that sort of stuff was like okay, great. Like this, this is like the very very early version. Like the logic is there. Yeah. Um, it is actually valuable. Um, and then it was like, yeah, okay. So like, how do we now validate this? Um, and how do we actually start to, to build that out? So I'm not sitting there filling out numbers and spreadsheets. Yeah. Nice. Did we, we didn't really have a name for it yet, did we? No. We didn't know what it was called. No, but I remember. In fact, it was just going to be like a lead gen thing for ammo. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was literally just going to be something that we could have on our website Mm. and it would, it would give you a funnel. And then we would basically just say, like, if you'd like help implementing this funnel, um, Come and join Ammo. Yep. Um, but I think very quickly we sort of started to realise that this this could actually have some some power and value in its in its own standalone thing, um, and would you know potentially still have some kickback for Ammo down the line, but um, not not so directly. And, and that wasn't really the big driver I think anymore. It was yeah. actually let's just create something really valuable for this community and have something for us to be able to point those people that weren't ready for us yet. Exactly. somewhere yeah right? exactly i mean one of the main value values of the ammo team is to be helpful yeah and to be as useful as we can be in our community in terms of the startup ecosystem because whatever we can do to grow that and make sure that as many people are successful as possible well then our market grows you know exactly. as a whole and it's just a good fun thing to be involved in too yeah. so it was yeah it was really primarily about being as helpful as possible yeah and I think we made that decision when we, you know, called it My Funnel and we created its own separate brand apart from the agency. Separate website, separate domain. Yep. Like branded it up differently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think we made that decision just, you know, this is a separate thing. It's not trying to drive leads to ammo or anything like that. It's just to be purely helpful yep. and to build a cool tool. Yeah. And I think there was also then a decision, like as soon as we decided on that, we were like, right, okay, we really need to separate it. Like mm. it, it's not, you know... Um, my funnel by ammo marketing mm. like it was it was actually just its really own standalone thing because we wanted people to actually then with all that decided like go into it not feeling like it was going to be a legion or feel like it was like just a smart way for an agency to actually just get your contact details um like you know to this day like we haven't you know blasted out that email list and said to people like hey like come and come and you know become an ammo client like it yep. it still isn't that and it's it I think it was important to give it its own brand identity and um, it was awesome working with with Alex our designer uh, yeah. in house on that um, making it you know different to ammo in lots of different ways um, and yeah just just continue to be in its own in its own right yep the tagline on the website's marketing clarity in less than five minutes um, and it's a free tool to you know give you a clear marketing funnel for your business. Yeah. So that's where we got to. We'd built out the type form, the matrix. It was basically roughly functioning. What was the next step for stepping it up, getting it ready to take on volume of users yeah. at a website? But then what, what do we have to do to sort of really level it up? Yeah, there was there was a bunch of stuff. Um, and it was sort of like a couple of week period yep. where um, I just sort of had to, you know, wrap my head around, okay, so – how to, first of all, when we get those answers, like what are people expecting when they get back, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, what is it a visual version of that funnel? Um, you know, what context or explanation needs to be provided? So first of all, it was like, okay, what do, what do we want that end result to be for people? Yep. Um, is it a PDF? Um, is it, you know, a, a video? I think we'd sort of played with like, also doing some some loom responses back to people going mm, through their right, funnel. Video, you respond, yeah, record, yeah. yep. And I think, I think it was important for us, like, you know, to make it scalable and, and make it um, like what we were saying at the start, like the reason you do software is it's just a copy and paste. Mm-hmm. So then I sort of, I was like, okay, I need to rebuild a, a bunch of this stuff um, so that when people submit that type form, it's actually triggering processes and doing those calculations and then making that PDF and sending it to them Yep. within like a couple of minutes. Yep. Um, and just using a bunch of tools um, like Integramat, which sort of does a bunch of connecting with APIs. Um, you know, it would it would pull in that data, it'd run it against all those calculations. 
Um, and what was what was cool is that when we built it out, um, we still had it out of a spreadsheet. So we would be able to, as we were going along and getting feedback from those early users, we'd go, oh, so that business was like a makeup business. We recommended to go and like, you know, try, I don't know, like YouTube marketing to like males. And it was like, mm, yeah, that's probably not great. Wrong. Yeah. So we, we were then able to update it and then would update it in the, the live calculations. Yeah, we could change the weightings of the answers yeah. on, a, on, a, on the fly. That exactly. Really cool. yeah. um, so built all that out and then it would actually go into, it would use a Google Slides template. Yeah. Um, and it would pre-fill all that information using some variables um, and then it would send it out to people. Yep. Um, and at, at one point I had it set up so that I'd have to like click approve um, in, oh, in our yeah, database. So you would double check the yeah. Yeah, answers. Were so right, I wasn't yeah. like 100% confident, but then, yeah, I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is working. Um, let's just, let's just turn it on. Yeah. Some of the other features we wanted were that we wanted to, um, prevent people just being able to change the variables and kind of reverse engineer what the matrix was. So um, we required an email address um, and, a f- and a few personal details from people so that then they could have the answers emailed to them just to yes. prove that they were legit. Yes. Um, so there was that gate kind of thing. Yep. Um, so that was that was one thing that made sense to then email people a PDF file. Yep. Um, Rather than just show it to them at the end of the form sort of thing. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, because then you could just use any fake name and you'd get the results, you know, without having that transaction of I've given you my contact details. Now you give me the... The thing in return, which is of value to me. Yep. And then, oh, you, you did another cool little um, feature where you, if they had a website and you could go away and pull their logo into the into the deck as well. Yeah, and that that was another reason why it was great to have um have their, their sort of name and email, their work email. Yep. Um, is because like you know you can use a platform like Clearbit, um, which is basically a, a massive database, like you know billions of records of mm. individuals and companies um, and attributes on them. Um. You can, you can do some really cool stuff with it. Like you can actually identify based on someone's IP address who's viewing your website. Yep. Um, which is you know really helpful for seeing if there's a hot lead browsing creepy. Your, your pricing page and a little bit creepy as well. Yeah. Um, the clear bit's really cool. You it know. is. Yeah. And I think one of the one of the cool things that we used that was their logo API. So you mm-hmm. can put in someone's website, pulls their logo from like Facebook page or Favicon on their website, all that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, but what it was also really good for having their website and, and, and stuff there is that we get a result and we'd actually be able to, if we wanted to, just to do some quality assurance, go in, have a look at their business, like spend 10 or 15 minutes understanding it and then go and check their funnel that we generated and see if that's what we'd recommend it to them you know, as a team at Ammo. Yeah. And that was important. It certainly was. All right, so we'd built it out. It was it was working. We were pretty ha- pretty happy and proud of what we'd created so yeah. far. Um, still an MVP, yeah. you know, P. It wasn't really a, a piece of software per se. It was a no. stitched together sort of series of automations. Yeah. yeah, but we were ready to start turning the dial up and reaching new customers. Right. Yep. So eventually, we know that was Product Hunt. But what are we doing between? How do we sort of start scaling that reach? Do you, do you remember? Yeah. So originally, like once we'd sort of got up to that point, we'd we'd. Um, when we got up to that point, we sent it out to a bunch of a bunch of friendlies. Mm-hmm. Um, like in the early stage, we just wanted to get some more users through it. I think we ended up with you know fifty or sixty people before we we really pushed it out. Mm-hmm. Um, going through it, probably a bunch of those are just my my tests too. Yeah. But um, we had some had some early data, um, and that was important. And then beyond that point, I was like, okay, like you know, how do we, how do we get people through this? Obviously that's, that's our bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that we'd been just observing as an agency um, over the last year or two is the, the increase in, in, in community yep. um, and, and having a bunch of people really interested and passionate about what you're doing yep. even before you've done it. Um, and, and I think that was, that was pretty important for me to, to play with. So um, I looked to LinkedIn, um, my sort of, you know, personal LinkedIn page and, yeah. Um, started to, to to share some videos around this journey yep. um, that we'd sort of been filming along the way, um, and it sort of yeah put together you know that that early video that we we sort of chatted about what we were trying to do here, and then the branding process and 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 actually making it and and all these different sort of chapters in the journey. Yep. Um, and I was just sharing that and yeah. and people were starting to understand what I was doing. That's a pretty good engagement from that. Like, yeah, like, you know, um, thousands of views. Yeah. Um, you know, some great comments, some great messages, people wanting to try it. Um, 
And I was like, look, it's actually not ready yet. Like, yeah. And it was, it was, that was really Created cool. a bit of a buzz. Absolutely. About it before it was launched and ready. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was also building in public. Exactly. And I think that's, you know, part of this journey. And I think probably as, as founders listening, like a, a massive lesson is, um, you know, the, the launch day is, is actually not the day that you should be telling people about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, the many days and weeks before, yeah. um, months even, depending on what you're doing. Because I think as soon as you get people excited, um, you know, they're going to be the ones celebrating you on that, on that sort of launch day, not... Yeah for the first time knowing about your products, right? Yep. Um, and that was, you know, without getting too far ahead in the, the story, like, you know, when we did did launch, um, it wasn't a cold start. You know, it wasn't it wasn't people just, oh, you know, this is what Kai's been secretly working on for the last, you know, few months with the team at Ammo. Like, mm. they actually knew what was going on and they were like, oh, like, sick, I've been learning about this for the last few weeks. Like, yep. I'm definitely going to go and check it out right now. Yeah. Um, the best way to come out, come out with a bang is leading up to it totally. as opposed to all in one day. Yeah. Uh, and that, that I think was a massive contributor to the success we had, you know, in, in, in launching it pretty sure. widely. Yep. Did you plan out how you were going to create that content? Was that, was that a structured thing? Yeah. So, so what, you know, I sort of, I looked at like where were the real, um, you know, if you look at that sort of journey of building, like where were the real key moments? Yep. Um, where were the, you know, the real insights? Um, and, you know, trying to think about how, how, how is this valuable for someone watching it, right? Like if, if you are a founder, um, for us being able to put a real emphasis on like the validation of it mm-hmm. um, is a great lesson for other people. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I was jumping on Zoom calls with people and, and going through their results and saying like, you know, hey, is this valuable? Like, you know, also asking questions around like, would you pay for this? Would you share it with other people? Like trying to understand not just if it is valuable, like not just a yes or no, but actually like on a scale. Yeah. Um, those are things that I love to capture in those those videos. And yeah, yeah planned it out around those sort of key moments. And and I you know, worked with um, one of our interns here, Shannon, yep. um, to, to put some of those videos together. I don't know. Just, it wasn't very hi-fi. Like, no, it was, it was pretty basic. Literally but. my iPhone walking around yep. and – chatting shit for a couple of minutes until I got it right. Um, <laughs> but that's what made it authentic. And I think that's yeah. what, made, you know, if it was too polished and produced, then it just, it would, it would have felt like an ad as opposed to building a, a public. journey. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing, like the, the, the limit, the limitations you can place on not doing that because of the tech you, you have or don't have, mm-hmm. um, you know, some like, you know, you're watching weird growth right now. Like this would be really annoying if it was on a bad, bad mic and filmed on an iPhone. Sure. Um, but I think for the sort of video that I was making, um, that was okay. Yeah. And it was it, it felt authentic. Yeah. Um, all right. One last question before we get on to the product hunt launch. Um, we explored monetizing it and finding a way that we could actually turn it into its own business. Yes. Um, what did we do to um, what did we do to try to figure that out and how did it come out? Yeah, so sort of explored like, you know, where that value capture might happen. Um, like where that made sense. So, mm-hmm. you know, was it in that type form? You know, type form's got a, a, a payment field that you can put in at the end and yep. connect it up with Stripe and take payments, you know, straight away. Yep. Um, the question was like, you know, whether people would get the value straight mm-hmm. away. Um, and that comes into then also your product marketing, right? So, you know, um, before people are even in that type form using the, the, the product, um, they get why they're doing it and they can expect some some good value from it. So that was also part of it, like whether we needed to do some more product marketing around the the value proposition. Um, we also then explored like once you'd got your funnel, um, whether or not we could then upsell you afterwards um, on, you know, like a session to go through that funnel. Yeah, um, how to implement it, yeah. what each of these suggestions mean exactly. in terms of actually actioning. Yeah, and, and also thinking about like accountability, like, you know, like – is there value in helping people stay accountable to actually experimenting with this funnel? Mm. Um, and this is, you know, still all stuff separate to, you know, it was going to be ammo, ammo folks doing it, but like it wasn't still thinking about how we can funnel them back into ammo. It was like, how can this actually just be a distinct um, set of services and, and value? Um, so yeah, like, you know, would people want to have a weekly checking call for like 50 bucks a month Yeah, to like actually have one of us go, Hey, like, Notice that, you know, last week we'd set this goal around, you know, playing with one of those activation channels we recommended in the funnel. Like, how'd you go with that? Like, yeah, you know. Or would they pay 20 bucks for a much more detailed run through of how it all works or whatever? Yeah. So 
we didn't quite get there, did we? No, and I think um, you know there potentially would have been some some more playing um, to get to that point. Um, but I think as well, like you know, for, for a lot of people, um, the the product, if anything, confirmed what they were already doing right. for some people. Yeah. Um, and while that was massively valuable, and and really sort of you know that confirmation is you're heading in the right direction. Yep. Um, then that wouldn't necessarily in their heads of, of, of screamed like, oh, you need to pay for this. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I might've given them one or two little ideas of things to try, but yeah. it wasn't valuable to then invest in. They could go and figure that out themselves. Probably. Exactly. And then sort of the function of that is, well, if it's completely new stuff to that person, they might not even be in the position yet yep. um, to, to be able to pay for, pay for this sort of stuff, even, yep. if, even at a small price point, if they're really on it early on in the journey of that idea. We'd, Created a little bit of buzz, shared people that you know shared with people the journey about creating it. Um, you know, reached out to our own organic you know audiences. Time came for the product hunt launch. Yeah, walk us through how that works. Yeah, so product hunt um, for those that haven't heard um, is is really interesting platform um, created by a guy called Ryan Hoover um, and is really sort of the epicenter of the latest and greatest in um, digital tech um, and digital products. Um, so the definition of products for them is quite broad. Um, sometimes you see, um, you know, like Slack once upon a time launched on Product Hunt. Yeah. Um, the MacBook Pro once upon a time was was put on Product Hunt. Um, you know, you can put it on there as a hunter. So, you know, you can, I can just be Joe Bloggs who mm-hmm. my mate's building a cool thing. Mm-hmm. I just chuck it up there. Um, once upon a time, it was literally like, you know, like sort of hacker news where you just find cool articles and you yep. just chuck it up. Yep. You weren't the author of that article. Yep. Whereas now it's more of like a really core tenant of like a product's marketing strategy yep. where, you know, there's weeks of planning and like obviously the people who created the product are the ones launching it. Um, it's funny, I sort of, you know, a couple of years ago, I remember posting a little tool that I'd found that someone, you know, some agency in the States had made um, and they reached out to me like two hours later and they're like, hey, like, can you take this down? Like, we're launching this in like two weeks and I've been like, and it's like, so once, once upon a time and, yeah. you know, and still to this day, you can, you can post whatever you want on there, but generally the person who's made it um, is, is going to post it up there. So yeah. um, it lasts on there for 24 hours in that 24 hour window. You can upvote it. Um, yeah. The people that get to the top of that sort of list um, sort of get product of the day or yeah. eventually product of the week or the month if they've got really high numbers. Yep. Um, and it drives traffic directly to the site. Or yeah, the, yeah. So you can, you know, put in like if you're a Chrome extension, you can put your link to the Chrome Web Store yeah. or the iOS app or the website. Um, and yeah, it's um, it's fantastic because it's got a lot of attention on it. Yep, massive um, audience. And and the sort of type of audience which are early adopters and while not directly friendlies, um, are still really supportive. And, yeah. and understanding of like early MVPs and and stuff that isn't necessarily fully fleshed out. Yeah. No, they love yeah trying out new things and yeah. they, they love to be the first to find the new thing that they refer to all their friends as well. Exactly, so yeah. It's a really great um, community. Very captive. Um, what do you think are some of just the keys to success to, to doing well on there? Um, they they have a bunch of great resources um, out on the interwebs. I've got a great Medium article on launching. Um, from my perspective, one of the big things that helped um, was the video. So we put out, we put together a little, literally a thirty second video that I mentioned earlier was um, made in Canva. Um, that took me an afternoon yep. um, and just basically pulled out the value proposition that we were creating around the products that we had on the website. Used the branding, had some product visuals. Yep. Um, helped people see the mechanics of the product and not just some static images. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was pretty big. Um, and I think you know sometimes if you got you know bigger budget, bigger time frames, you can actually make some pretty creative videos and you know have people going around the office doing different products and yeah um, demos and all that sort of stuff. But that's that's a big one. Um, doing a really really good job of like nailing your um, sort of one liner. Yeah. Because um, that's pretty much apart from like a, a buzzy title and a nice logo yeah the only thing that's going to make people click yeah is um, that four or five words which describes what you do correct yeah. and like you know the famous ones are sort of on your white white combinator application where you have to put like the one sentence version of like yeah uber know, for dogs yeah uber for dogs exactly so um i think ours was like you know marketing clarity for your startup in five minutes yeah something something along those lines 
Um, and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be like feature, feature, feature. Mm. Um, but I don't think it should also just be benefit, benefit, benefit. Like it, I th- there's a bit of a, a line there. What do you do and why do I want to? Yeah, think? like it's sort of like you, you, you could have said like, you know, um, I don't know, like generate a marketing funnel um, using a form that yep. understands your business. Um, and you could also then just say like, you know, be a better marketer in your startup. Like mm. you want to find the... You want it to be too broad. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that that's really good to get right. Um, and then I think also just generally like, um, again, that that interest you build before before the date. Um, so I think Product Hunt have got like a launch product in there as well. So like you can actually, um, and I was going to play with it, but I didn't didn't get the time um, to actually put the product up there. Oh, really? And get like an early audience going. Mm. Um, mm. And just like let them know the once you've launched, yeah. yeah right. That's so cool. they got a couple of things like that. Yeah. Um, but really, it's just you know the the interest you're driving to it from yeah. your own channels. Yep. And the people that are visiting just generally, like yep. how good you are at capturing their interest. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. I think we sort of had a hit list of people we were going to invite to join the conversation. Yeah. You don't ask to ask people to upvote you. No. You ask them to join the conversation. Correct. On, we on we sent it out to sort of you know fifty odd people that are sort yeah. of. Um, you know, our friendlies and and, yeah. and and really good, um, smart people in the startup space that, um, you know, may have directly found value from the product or been able to share it with those. Yeah, that and, the, and the tactic was to get that surge of activity early on so we were in the top 10 early on. Yes. So that at when the US woke up, because I yes. think it switches over midnight US time. Midnight US. And then so when the you know, the people in the US started to wake up and jump onto Product Hunt. We were at least still in the top 10 yes. to start sort of keeping on the momentum. And that, you know, that day, I think 40 products launched. Yeah. Um, and we were number six, number right? Number six, pretty good. Um, and that, 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 I think, is a great result. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't sort of, um, I don't see it as a great result just because it was number six. The, the, the big thing for me is that that, you know, gave us some great exposure to have more people through it and hopefully have more people get value from it. Yeah. Amazing um, thing is it, it continues probably, what, six months after launching or maybe yeah. less, maybe four months after launching, it continues to have a trickle of every day, using every, every second day. day. Yeah. It's, um, it's, and that's, that's I, I can only imagine the result of the, the build-up to and the product hunt launch, um, which, is, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that's my funnel. Um, if anyone's interested in that, check out myfunnel.com.au and I think we'll sort of end the convo there yep. because there's, you know, it's still part way through the journey potentially for it. We might find other things we can do with it in the future. Absolutely. Yep. Oh, and a shout out to um, Charlie at Startup News for doing a little article on it as well. Yeah. The day we that's launched. That's true. You know, there's, yep. the thing is, it, you know, as, as multi-pronged as you can make it, I think that's that's the biggest lesson. But for sure. Um, yeah. It's, it's um it took a took a lot of people to get involved to make it work yeah know? yeah and it's the lead up rather than on the day that, that the work is done a lot of fun <laughs> it is fun yeah this wasn't your first project obviously um, what other projects have you launched um, and do you want to tell us about Perth for Perth yeah um, this is the first time I've heard of Perth for Perth as well so you, this is news to me excellent um, well those those days I weren't as uh, as uh, cut on my marketing <laughs> skills as, as I am now thanks yeah. to you guys so um, look um, yeah I, I've always been interested in, in launching launching things um, and and I think early on when I was sort of starting to get in, into websites a bit more that was sort of my in, intro to all this sort of stuff. Um, like I remember I was sort of 13, 14, I started to do a bit of freelance sort of stuff. Um, started with Wix websites, worked out that was pretty crap. Mm. Um, you know, then I tried to like, you know, start to learn Webflow. Um, you know, was, you know, in the first few thousand people using Webflow. Wix is cringe. Webflow is based. Yes, correct. <laughs> correct. It sounds like straight out of Alex's mouth. Um, and, and Webflow is, is a really powerful tool and spent like, you know, a year and a half, two years just mucking around with it. Um, and, you know, eventually then I was sort of doing that for, you know, clients and, and really enjoying it. Um, and I was, I was like, how can I, how can I get this sort of stuff? Like surely I can build some stuff with this. Um, so during during COVID in 2019, um, we had those sort of first lockdowns. Yeah, when it, you know we have to remember, like now it's we're pretty used to all this sort of stuff. Just you know being in the news and being our reality, less so in here in WA. But um, back then when we started, it was like it was a whole new world. Um, and I think 
you know, originally cafes and restaurants, it was it was really hard for them to be getting out there the message that they were still open yeah. and doing takeaway and delivery. Yeah. Um, you know, and and that was really, you know, hard for people to get access and, and info on. Um, the systems around that weren't built there. So um, really interesting, I came across some guys um, in Oklahoma in the US yeah. um, that made OK for OK, which was right. um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Yep. for Oklahoma, mm-hmm. um, and built this platform on Webflow um, where you would basically you know, submit either your ca- um, cafe or a cafe near you that you knew was open and serving and you know you'd put in their website and their their hours and um and you know what things they are offering curbside delivery or uh, sorry pickup or delivery and and all that sort of stuff yeah okay. um and then it would just be a CMS it'd just be a content um you know management system in Webflow you'd have yep. uh, the collection of those cafes you could filter by your local area put in your postcode um and you know link off to their socials and and all that sort of stuff um and what was really cool is that they actually put that out as a template. Oh um, wow! So you just copy and so paste it. Exactly. So you nice. could, but then I, you know, I rebranded it. I, I put a bunch of new features in. Yep. Um, you know, spent a lot of time playing around with it, um, and launched that um, within sort of a month of seeing seeing their project. Um, but what was amazing is like you know some people that loved Webflow were doing that in Melbourne and doing that in Tokyo. And, so cool. Um, and and that was that was really cool. Yeah. And um, we had like a, a little group chat where we were all sort of um, yeah. talking about it. Um, so I built that. Um, and we had about had about 30 or 40 cafes and restaurants on there. Oh, well done. Um, you know, tens of, tens of thousands of uh, visits and just sort of, you know, got a bit of media coverage, um, had, a, had a bunch of people sharing on their social media. Yeah. Um, just really grassroots stuff. But, um, yeah, really enjoyed just being able to do my part sort of, I can't can't go out there and, and make a good coffee for the life of me. Yeah. But I can, you know, use the skills that I was building. Help make sure those cafes survive the the plague. Yeah, or at least yeah. do do as do as much as I could. And I did a similar thing um when the bushfires were on. Um, like I actually sort of built uh, a similar looking website with all the different places you could go and donate. Right? Oh, awesome. Because, you know, you had the Lord Mayor's Relief Fund and you had all these, you know, Vinnies and then, yep. you know, all these different organisations. So you can go on there and sort of, you know, if it's humans you're wanting to support or animals mm. um, or, you know, infrastructure or services, like you could go in and then it would link off. And I sort of worked out based on a couple of different calculations that um, there was about 400 donations off that platform just through link clicks. Well done, um, so, so good. And, and just, you know, that sort of stuff was um, really fun to, to, to set up and, and share. And I think that got me hooked to, to building great little products and websites and launching them. It's a buzz, hey? It yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, we can't miss TEDx. Yeah. How old were you when you did your TEDx talk? And tell us about that. Yeah. Well, you know, this, it's, been, it's been websites and products the last few years. But yep. back, back when I was sort of... 11 or 12, there was, you know, some, some early business interest, just setting up little e-commerce stores on Shopify and, um, and just always, always trying things like always just experimenting, um, and just playing with new projects. Um, and I think that the TED talk that I did when I was 14, um, was just a really interesting, um, perspective on entrepreneurship and growth mindset told from, you know, from the angle of a young, young person interested in business. Um, I don't think I said anything particularly remarkable, but I think, I think <laughs> the, the fact that you did it is pretty cool. But I think, I think hearing it from someone who is, you know, just a, a different perspective to the, what you usually hear um, yeah. when, when talking about those sort of topics and, um, and whatnot, I think that was potentially the value from that talk um, for some people. And um, yeah, a great experience for me. Like, you know, obviously, you know, learn a lot about public speaking and, um, gave me a bit of exposure and sort of started to build a bit of a um, personal personal reputation and um, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. But also every time I think about it, very surreal, very strange. <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly be next for the future for you, Kai? Um, I have no idea, mainly because I looked back a year ago um, and could not have for the life of me pinpointed yeah. what I'm doing now. You just quit year 11. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and the year before that, I was just moving schools. Wow. Um, so I think this this sort of several years of, you know, evolving, you know, lifestyle and, and commitments and mm-hmm. engagements, like um, I, I suspect that, um, you know, in the 20 or 30, 40, 50 years to come, that, that'll continue. 
um, to evolve. But um, yeah, really excited to be working on products um, and and you know at Zipline at the moment. Um, that's you know a really exciting time to be jumping in there and yeah, um, and and sort of working working on those challenges with the team. Um, but yeah, just more than anything, continuing to focus on my approach to things and how I approach challenges wherever they face, you know, wherever they face me, I think. Thanks, mate. What's one big piece of advice you have for particularly young founders who are looking to grow? Yeah, I think there's a bunch of different takes on this. Um, mainly for me, like as someone that has worked in startups that has launched some stuff, like I, I haven't, haven't grown a startup to, um, you know, to, to, to massive levels um, yet. Yeah, um, but you've been involved in absolutely in some that yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. and and I've got that sort of perspective and I think for a founder um, that's that's interested in in growing what they're working on like first of all I I just ask why you're working on it like really just reconnect back to why you started it like you know that was I think for me with my funnel like the biggest thing like even in that sort of small project in the scheme of some of this this sort of stuff um, always connecting back to like originally why we started it like the problem we're wanting to solve um is a very simple but a very powerful thing to keep connecting back to um so i think you know whether you're um just at the precipice of of launching after an mvp or you're scaling a really successful business already like um, just returning to those origins both personally and also for that business i think is really helpful yeah um and then i would just look to like play to your strengths Mm -hmm. um and i think that's what i've really tried to do like that example, you know, in, in lockdowns and, and bushfires, um, there's only so many things as individuals we can do to help. Sure. Um, but I think leaning into those yeah, is yeah. the only way that we sort of get through these things mm-hmm. um, and certainly the best way to grow a business, I think. Yeah. I, I think the thing that's always impressed me about you is your just insatiable drive to constantly learning as well. Yep. Uh, you know, you did the alt NBA. Yep. Um, you know, you have some – you know, you're always reading something of amazing resources at your fingertips of tools and articles and things that you've found. One out of my ear hole, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I think whenever I see young people who I know are going to be successful, those are generally the traits that they show is that they are a lot. They are lifelong learners and just, in, you know, insatiably curious. Yeah, and I think, you know, um, you know, those people make the best friends, they make, you know, the best partners, um, they make the best employees. Mm. Um, I think, you know, if, you, if you're looking at the world as, um, you know, having a bunch of stuff that you already have um, and that you can have to offer and you can teach to people, yep. but at the same time always looking at, like, on the other side, what you have to learn and what you don't know yet. I think if you can just continually look at those two things, like, yeah. that's, that's a good place to play in. Cool. All right. Show and tell time. What books, yes. tool, device toy are you enjoying right now is it physical software and for under 200 dollars yeah okay so the 200 dollars on the dot yeah um and i was i was gonna bring it in but um i've actually got it set up at the moment and i'll tell you why (laughs) um it's actually tripod um really yeah so um it's a little leo photo um, tripod and maybe I'll send send you guys. Is the there actual, like little articulated ones? Yeah, that bend around and yep. stuff. Yeah, right. So it's for it's, your phone. Yes, exactly. So it's not not the gorilla tripod with all those little balls. Oh, okay. It's yep. it's just hard legs okay. that you can adjust. Yeah. Um, and I'll send you guys the actual model if you want to put it in the description. But um, it's a very expensive small tripod for your phone. But for me, I like I love having great quality video, even just when I'm using my phone. So yep. just being able to set it up and plug it into my, my computer to, to do a Zoom call or, um, you know, film a video for my funnel. Yeah, it's like cool. Whatever it is, that, that's that been really fun to use. Mm-hmm. I've actually got it set up at the moment with my camera, um, like looking over at the building site next to us in Subiaco. Oh, right. Because they're putting up cranes at the moment and doing yeah, everything. I'm doing so a time lapse. I'm doing a time lapse, yeah. Awesome. I'm going to try and sell it to the building company <laughs> at the end. But um, I think I think that's that's a great one that I just love love playing. It's great quality um, software. I mean, everyone that knows me sort of knows that I'm just always full of a, a software recommendation, mm-hmm. whether they like it or not. Um, but there's one that I've been really liking at the moment called Luma. Um, so lu.ma is their website. Yep. I think that's the Malaysian domain extension. Yeah, MA, yep. They just run with it. Um, 
And it's a really cool platform that was actually born out of COVID when we were all doing Zoom calls and people were doing like Zoom groups. It was like a landing page for your Zoom call. So people could like RSVP okay. and like see some more information about the event rather than just like getting a Zoom link. Yeah, cool. Um, so that was really cool. And then they were like, okay, this is bigger than that. So now they've got like a community platform where you can have like, you know, members of your community, you can post content a bit like Circle, but then have like events that people can RSVP to and and, and do all that sort of stuff. So um, been really enjoying using that as an attendee of some events of some cool communities that I've been a part of um, and also thinking about how I can potentially use that for my own stuff too. Yeah, magic. That's really cool, mate. I'll have to check the Luma out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if people do want to stay up to date with you and your constant stream of consciousness and all the <laughs> tools that you're discovering and things, what's the best way for them to get in touch or follow you? Yeah. So, um, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. Yep. Um, I, um, love having coffees with people and chatting about products and, um, you know, mindset and all that sort of stuff. Right. Um, also my website, kylovel.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know talk about a bunch of different rambling sort of stuff on there. Um, like, you know, post some interesting tutorials of cool tech I'm playing with and, and whatnot. Um, and um, yeah, just, you know, always really interested to, to have conversations with like-minded people that love yeah. learning. Mate. Kai, thank you so much for being on Weird Growth. It's been a pleasure. Ken. And sharing your infinite wisdom with us. Um, you know, we all wish you all the very best for the future and it's super exciting what you're working on at Zipline at the moment. Um, what, what should people do if they're interested in checking out Zipline too? Um, zipline.io yep. is, um, is our website. Um, we're at the moment just going through a bunch of a, a, a sort of re, repositioning of, of the website and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, also us on, on LinkedIn, some, some cool new jobs and, and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So what, are you, what, are you, what sort of roles are you looking for at the moment? Um, so we're hiring for about 20, 20 odd different roles at the moment. Um, some, some in the U S as well, but yep. looking for, you know, um, customer success managers, looking for BDRs and a bunch of other stuff. Um, but yeah, super Awesome exciting. company and great opportunities. Yeah. To be involved. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks so much again, mate. Really, really great having you on the show. Um, and if you enjoyed uh, Weird Growth, please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or if you're listening to us, you could actually be watching us right now if you wanted to yeah. on YouTube. So um, please do check us out. You can see us in the flesh. There's two camera angles. Get to see Cam's great new moustache that he's got. No, I'm only joking. Well, you've got the you've got the doozy of a moustache. <laughs> and if people didn't realise, Kai's actually a voiceover artist. So uh, uh, you can thank um, me for inviting him on for those dulcet um, <laughs> tones over the over the airways. That's a bit of moonlighting you're, you're referencing there, yeah. Um, but anyway, that's it for another episode of Weird Growth. Thank you very much, Kai. Thanks and thank Jack, you Cam. all for listening and watching. Until next time, bye-bye. Bye.